0: Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Okay, today we're tackling part two of The Cousins by Karen M. McManus, pages 111. Oh, this is not right, not 222. I changed it because I stopped a chapter early because things got crazy. So it's actually chapters nine through 16, pages 111 to 214. (laughs) anyways my last save file probably just didn't save so before we get started shout out to my people reaching out to me on social media I've been loving the messages and the book suggestions which I'm definitely going to do one of the suggestions and I just like really appreciate the support and I totally write back so feel free to reach out to me at the Jolly Reader podcast and I'll try to start posting more on social media I didn't realize that I had people really excited to see what I put out there. So, I'll try to post more often. So, that being said, I just want to appreciate you guys. Let's get in to the middle section, part two of The Cousins. So, summary of part one. Go back and listen to it. You'll be wildly confused if you don't. There's three cousins. Okay, just so everybody knows before we get into this. I know that last episode, we discovered that Jonah is not technically related But when I say the cousins, I still mean Millie, Aubrey, and Jonah. It's just less confusing that way. So the three cousins, Millie, Aubrey, and Jonah, are invited to visit their grandmother at a resort over the summer. It becomes more clear that the grandmother didn't know they were coming, and they're trying to figure out who invited them and why they're really there. Along the way, they want to discover why the grandmother disowned all her children. You know what you did over 20 years ago in that letter. We also learned that as I just said, Jonah is not really their cousin and is secretly filling in for the real cousin JT for money. Aubrey drops a major bomb that her father hooked up with her swim coach resulting in a pregnancy because sex is definitely the leading cause of pregnancy. So just keep it safe out there. Finally, we get a glimpse back in time via Millie's mother, Allison at age 18. She has a crush on Matt who is also her brother Anders' sworn enemy. But in the story family, family is first always <laughs> so things to look forward to and i have here all the things is what we have to look forward to because it's hard to say without spoilers like there's a lot that happens this episode so for my little preview two deaths one old one new a baby baby all the rumors and more family comes out of the woodwork and that's really all i can say because it gets crazy So, if you remember last episode, I didn't complete the chapter fully because Aubrey was dropping bombs. So, we're going to start with Allison, age 18, 1996. So, Mildred, the grandmother, has a house call from Dr. Baxter and she's complaining about her heart, especially since her husband, Abraham, passed away from a heart attack, which I said last episode, I wasn't sure exactly what happened to him, but they confirm heart attack. And Allison's kind of saying to us, there's nothing really wrong with her. She just has a broken heart from losing him. Teresa, she's, I'm going to try to like recap who everyone is because there's a million characters, but Teresa's Mildred's assistant. She temporarily moved into the main house to help Mildred, but you can tell it's kind of wearing on Teresa. Allison notes that Mildred is basically asked the oldest, Adam, who's Aubrey's dad, to pick up the slack, like help run the resort. And he says that the whole point of going away to college is to go away, which totally true. <laughs> I didn't go away to college. I lived at home. And then my second time around at college, as you know, I did it online. So <laughs> anyways, Adam asks uh, Anders, that's JT's dad, and the second oldest, to try to split the load with him so he doesn't have to come home every weekend. And Andrew's like, nah, mom's cashing in on the golden child chips you've been coasting on. So they kind of like argue about that. Allison informs her mother that all the kids are going to Rob's party. It's like a friend of Archer, who's the youngest. Mildred's disappointed, but Teresa tells her that she will have the kids all summer and to let them go out on a Saturday night. Teresa also mentions that her son matt will be there and allison's excited because like obviously she has a crush on him and the coffee date that he mentioned last week hasn't happened yet so (laughs) they get to the party this is kind of weird to me because like i didn't go to parties like this like we would play truth or dare but like if you hadn't had your first kiss yet you couldn't dare someone that like we were super mild super chill so anyways they go to this rich kid party Adam immediately runs off I guess they're in college but still or half of them Adam immediately runs off and starts making out with some random party girl because she's like it's my birthday are you my gift and he's like I can be or whatever so he he runs off Archer the youngest runs off to play quarters with his friends and then Allison and Anders are like making their way to the keg and Kayla if we remember is Anders on and off again girlfriend who like cheated on him with Matt uh, she starts talking to Allison, and Allison knows that Kayla is like kind of aloof and plays hard to get. And no one in the family really warmed to her because of that, except for Anders, obviously, and their father. Mildred even said, I think just like as a passing sarcastic comment, that she thought that Abraham, that's the grandpa, had a crush once on Kayla, which it's like weird. Like, oh, I think your father has a crush. I don't know if that's going to come back around worth noting. So anyways, Anders comes back with drinks that he was like planning on keeping one for himself and giving one to Allison. And he gives one to Kayla instead. And he's interested in her once again after ignoring her all semester because she kind of had like, I don't know, on and off relationships are stupid, but like, whatever. <sighs> Do I even need to go into it? I think you guys know. So <laughs> Allison walks away from that situation and Matt approaches her. Allison sarcastically thanks Matt for calling her about the coffee date. And he says that the only person at her house that wouldn't hang up on him was her and maybe his mother. (laughs) And then Allison uses one of Adam's like pickup lines that he brags about that got him laid on every beach of the island, though that's supposedly not her intention. So she asks, she's like, oh, it's hot in this party. Go take a walk for me outside or whatever. I don't know why that like necessarily would get you laid. Like I understand why it would get you separated from the party, but like that's it. That's the standard? So anyways, he agrees, and he pulls out a bottle of bourbon, liquid warmth, and Allison's feeling insecure and inadequate to Kayla, but she decides to take a drink and be brave and pretty much go for it with Matt. And Matt says, you're not backing out on me, and Allison's like, definitely not. And he slips his arm around her and says he was hoping she would say that. And I say, asterisks, my little ding. I really wonder if Matt got Allison pregnant at some point that's what I say right there. So I will confirm or deny that later. Chapter nine, Jonah. I said, (laughs) my first note, I'm already screaming and we are just getting started. I don't even remember what necessarily happens. Oh yeah. This is even like the biggest bomb of this section, but here we go. Uh, It says, (laughs) my notes are so funny. It says, I feel like I'm just reading along, minding my own business and boom, craziness hits me in the face. It's a sign of a good book. So Jonah's talking about how he would be the first person in his family to go to college. So he's been saving up money since forever, like every birthday, whatever. And he's still waiting on his check from working on the island. And he told them that he's using his mother's maiden name. So it's his true last name. So no one found it strange that he's not a story or whatever. It just kind of explains how he's hidden his identity. So he says that he only has $10 and 71 cents in his checking and his savings account is empty. And he, so he had all this money saved up to go to college. That's a lot of money, even like a community college. So he gave his savings, by the way, how much you getting for your birthday? Like what, the tooth fairy gave you a hundred dollars? Anyways, college is expensive. So he gave his savings to his dad who had an investment opportunity that could double or even triple their money. Okay, so I'm about to like lose my brain. It turns out that his dad, Jonah's dad, was the main person that quote unquote lost his entire retirement savings, a kid's college fund, and is in danger of losing the family small business because of Anders Ponzi scheme. Like Jonah's dad was the main victim of Anders, which is just like crazy. We'll get into that a little more later. So, that explains why last episode, he was like, does Millie know that it's all true, that, like, Andrew's dad's a scam artist? So, anyways, moving on. I can't can't even be, like, that crazy about it because I know, like, other things that are insane. So, Millie and Aubrey come to get Jonah from his room to inform him that they're all going to give hazel an interview because like they're trying to get more information and as they're leaving jonah asks if they're going to keep his secret that like he's not really related and millie says they don't know anything and if something strange is found out they'll be just as surprised as everyone else and aubrey looks at him this is so cute she says you're bad at being our cousin but you should keep trying (laughs) aubrey's the best she reminds me of my daughter a lot so anyways jonah tells us that he didn't tell millie the whole story about why he's there on the island So it kind of explains it. Money's nice because obviously he's broke, but he made a vow to himself that he would make sure that JT's father, Anders, would continue to stay cut off from Mildred and the story fortune because of what he did to Jonah's family. So he was gonna be like really rude to Mildred and just like make it horrible for everyone. And Jonah is surprised that he likes Millie a little too much and Aubrey's the nicest person he's ever met. So he's worried if he ruins this for JT and Anders that he'll also ruin it for the girls too. So he's kind of stuck. They get to Dr. Baxter's house for this interview with Hazel and Hazel talks about how the kids feel about having like the parallel life they could have had if Mildred didn't disown them and her children or whatever. Big who cares. So Millie just like directly asks what people on the island think happened between Mildred and her children and Hazel tells them a few rumors. Now, before I get into these rumors, I just wanna say that I kinda feel like there's probably an ounce of truth in some of these, and hopefully we see them come around. So, one of the rumors is that after the grandfather's death, Mildred had a breakdown and stopped talking to everyone, including her children. Dr. Baxter says that he never believed that Mildred was unstable, and then he says that Jonah looks nothing like Anders, and then, Hazel's like, funny you say that, because Anders never looked like a story, and there's a rumor that he was Abraham, that's grandpa's love child, and after his death, Mildred wanted to cut out only Anders, but all the other children left in solidarity. So basically, he's Jon Snow. Spoiler alert, okay, Game of Thrones been out forever. If you haven't seen it, sorry. (sighs) So this one's gross. There's a rumor that one of the brothers got Allison pregnant and the baby is still dot, 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 which I don't really know what that would be, but Millie like freaks out before Hazel can finish her sentence and is like, that's disgusting, which like obviously. And then Aubrey says, I'd more easily believe they all killed somebody than that. And I have an all caps. That's what I said last episode. I totally said I thought they killed someone. I still think that. So after hearing Aubrey say that, Dr. Baxter deliberately knocks into a table startling everyone and starts getting like confused. So Hazel takes him upstairs. And Jonah is the only one that notices that it was deliberate. Like Dr. Baxter was clear and alert up until that point. And I have asterisks. Ding. I'm convinced they killed Matt or the grandfather, probably Matt. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll get into that. That theory shifts a little bit. Chapter 10, Millie. So everyone like my chapter announcements like super dramatic because it's like my favorite thing now. Millie's waiting to go into a meeting with the lawyer Donald and she picks up this flyer for a band featuring Chaz Jones, which if we remember, that's the alcoholic bartender. And then this is like unknown importance to her, but it also features Rob Valentine, who was the person who the party that Allison and her brothers went to in the backflash. So that kind of comes around. She wants to go to the event so she can talk to Chaz about Edward Franklin, who, as you know, is the person that invited them there, and then quit. Just trying to recap because I know it's hard to keep everyone straight. So Millie enters Donald's office and notices a large photo from last year's gala of him, her grandmother, Doctor Baxter, and Teresa. Don't I'm just saying they're like four peas in a pod. So <laughs> Millie told him she would consider taking that summer job with the movie. That he offered them, but she like really went there to get information out of him. She's unsuccessful. Donald says there's nothing to be gained from reopening old wounds and a lot to lose. And so she's like, fine, not taking your deal. That was like a really shortened version of what happened, but that's like all you need to know. So they're at the bar. I'm about to start screaming again. So they're at the bar to see the band and Brittany, the waitress who has a crush on Jonah asks Millie, if he's single and she's like, I don't know, but I'll find out he's playing pool. So she walks up to him and both Jonah and Millie have snuck a few drinks. So they're like flirting a little too openly. And Millie has to admit that she found him attractive on the ferry before she found out who he supposedly was. She still thinks it's awkward that she like kind of has a crush on him, but she definitely likes him. And she's resisting because the summer is like complicated enough. So before the band is done playing, Chaz wants to play a closing song. And he says, this one's for my family. And he starts playing the song Africa. So I'm sure he blessed the rains. Anyways, <laughs> Millie freaks out and tries to see if Aubrey is feeling the same way as her. Cause apparently this was talked about a lot like by Allison that there's like this video of all the story, children dancing and singing to this specific song. And Millie grew up hearing about it like constantly. And then I'm an idiot. And I thought that Chaz was Allison and Matt's love child, but it says, Nope, I'm screaming. So (laughs) Millie watches Chaz leave the stage and Millie follows. And she's temporarily stopped by the preppy jerk kid Reed, but she blows him off. And she can't believe she didn't recognize Chaz sooner She makes her way to Chaz and says, are you guys ready? Cause like buckle your seatbelts. Hey, uncle Archer. Are you the one who brought us here? Like what? That's the youngest story child. I like, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize how old Chaz was, but like, ah, like why is he there? And uh! all I can say is chapter 11, Aubrey. (laughs) let's get into it because it's explained this chapter so archer is super drunk and aubrey millie jonah and rob so like rob's a friend who's been giving him a place to stay since they were friends in high school so they take archer back to his where he's staying it's like i don't know not a yurt they call it something a bungalow so anyways he's too drunk to explain anything and out of frustration (laughs) billy throws a cup of water in his face so i don't know i guess that perks him up enough that he starts to explain so he said he was the one that brought them to the island with the help of edward franklin because edward was like wanting to leave from working there anyways so he said he would like write the letter he being archer thought he might run into mildred and she would let go of all the grudges and they would be reunited but she keeps to herself so he never got the chance to actually meet her and they ask him if he knows what the you know what you did letter meant and he says no and Aubrey thinks his answer is genuine especially compared to like her father's response when she asked about it so Archer goes on to explain that he saw an article about Aubrey's swim team and this made him think about the cousins and that maybe they could have a second chance with Mildred that like him and his siblings would never get and he thinks that Mildred is somewhat okay with them being there because she did invite them to brunch and the gala. And Archer was going to tell Mildred everything about his involvement with this and getting cousins there and everything after the gala. And then he was just going to leave because he's like, it probably isn't going to work out. So Archer says that none of his siblings know about this, obviously, but he's like not close with them and didn't really know how to go about this. It's this a very half pig plan. <laughs> so he's also the one who tipped off the Gazette that wrote about the cousins being there to try to give them a time because he knew Mildred would like kind of hide for a while. So Millie accuses Archer of only doing this to get re-inherited like all their parents want. And this is not the case. Like he genuinely just supposedly wants Mildred to get to know the cousins and vice versa. This is what he's saying. Aubrey's believing it. So like, we're just going to believe it for now. Archer thinks that his cover is blown because Fred Baxter, that's the doctor, recognized him in a store like immediately. So the cousins tell Archer that the doctor forgets a lot. And Jonah's like, does he? Because he knows he like bumped that table and stuff. Either way, Archer says that after he confesses to his mother after the gala, his time here is up. And then this is kind of like in the middle of everything. Aubrey gets a text from her boyfriend i put in quotes boyfriend thomas after two weeks of radio silence she almost audibly laughs and notes that for years she would shower him with attention while getting scraps in return and the only time the dynamic shifts is when she pulls back and then she talks about this time that he refused to take her to this school dance and she got this new male lab partner and her attention wasn't like completely on thomas anymore and thomas took her to the dance like he had played it all along because he was jealous. She then starts to feel sick because she realized that she's been basically dating the high school version of her dad, which ick. Millie snaps Aubrey out of these thoughts and they all agree to sleep on it and talk tomorrow because Archer's like clearly super drunk. And he's like stumbling around and he knocks over the mail and Aubrey sees that there's a letter addressed to Archer, not Chaz. So I'll read it, page 153. Archer, I have not been able to rest easy since seeing you the other day. There are things I should have told you long ago, and I fear my time is running short. Would you be so glad to meet with me? Yours, Fred Baxter, who's the doctor. So then we move on to Allison, age 18, 1996. More bombs a-dropping. So... Allison's only seen Matt once since a party and it was accidental. We'll get into that in a minute. But apparently they hooked up on the beach that night and she's now realizing that it was only a one night stand to him, which uh sand everywhere is all I can say about that. So anyways, she left him a voicemail for the third time and he didn't return any of the previous ones. But when she did see him, he was delivering flowers to the lawyer and Kayla was working at the law office that summer and the two of them didn't notice allison but they were like flirting and all over each other so allison talks to her mother who's frustrated that anders is starting back up with kayla mildred wants him to settle down not with kayla obviously and allison informs her that he isn't thinking about marriage and mildred's like well kayla probably is then the brothers come home, I guess they're at the beach, and they're about to head into town, and Allison joins them because she has an errand to run. They all head downtown, and when they get there, Archer jumps out to go to the comic store, and we find out it's because he has a crush on one of the people working there, because around Christmas, he confided in Allison that he was gay, so we know like he has a crush on a guy working there at the comic store. And Archer never had the chance to tell his mother because their father died and it didn't seem like the right time so Allison hops out of the car and she's going to the drugstore and Anders wants to join because he needs to buy a $200 razor which is just ridiculous and Allison says she'll get it for him and heads over there herself and like long story short she's in the process of shoplifting a pregnancy test called it And then, I didn't call this part though, she turns around, she hears, well, 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 what do we have here? And it's Anders standing there seeing exactly what she shoplifted, which is like the last one of her siblings she wants to know about this. Chapter 12, Jonah. So Jonah's dad, his real dad, not Anders, gives him a call to like update what's going on. So bankruptcy court has been delayed, which gives him a better chance at hanging on to Empire, which is the billiards place his family owns. And they had to fire Jonah's favorite bartender to cut costs. He's all mad about it. And his dad, like kind of, him and his dad kind of fight about it, but they, they end the conversation because Jonah has a knock on the door. And it's Millie. And he's like, have you seen this? It's a Gall Cove Gazette story. And it says, the story continues. Has a strange son, Archer, been hiding in plain sight? He has. So Millie's worried. He was hired by her lord. Okay, so Millie's worried because she hasn't heard from Archer yet. I think it like a day and a half later. So Jonah asks about the watch Millie always wears and she explains it was her grandfather's and it has an inscription on it that says love conquers all you're always M which they assume is Mildred but like I wouldn't be too sure. I like literally don't know who else it would be but like it doesn't say Mildred, so it leaves an opening that it could be someone else. So then Jonah and Millie participate in some pretty heavy flirting. And Millie tells him he should get dressed for the day. She like kind of dismisses it. And as he's getting dressed, she freaks out over something she sees on her phone. So Aubrey texted Millie that Carson Fine, who's like the director coordinator guy, just gave her some news. Dr. Baxter died this morning. He drowned in a creek in the woods behind his house. Dun, dun Chapter 13, Millie. The cousins haven't heard from Uncle Archer since they talked to him at his house 36 hours ago. They doubt he had a chance to talk to Dr. Baxter before his passing. So they're heading to brunch with their grandmother and they're met by Teresa who says it's been like a trying time with the death of the doctor and the appearance of Archer or like the supposed appearance, because I don't think she knows if it's true. So just like be kind, whatever. They enter the grand cat mint house, and Mildred's kind of awful. She's controlling, she's demanding, and she's definitely up to something. So she comments to Jonah that he doesn't look like Anders. Like, we know. She asks how he's doing, like how Anders is doing. And Jonah asks if she wants the truth, like trying to challenge Mildred. And he backs down when he looks over at Millie and just says, oh, we're not close. So Mildred then focuses on Aubrey and Aubrey says her father's the same as always. And then Mildred says this, which is totally true. In other words, he thinks the sun rises and sets on him and surrounds himself with people who agree. Yes, narcissist. I've been saying this for two episodes. So it's super awkward and Aubrey is clearly stuck in the middle because she doesn't want to defend her dad but she also doesn't feel like she owes Mildred anything. So the conversation continues with Mildred asking seemingly meaningless questions about Anders and Adam to Jonah and Aubrey and Mildred just ignores Millie completely. So Millie's mad (laughs) because I don't know if I like really mentioned this but... In Millie's part, she sometimes talks about how she used to fantasize like what it would be like if she had her grandmother and how they go on these grand shopping sprees and how her and her mom are most like her and like all these things she missed out on. So she's really upset that she's not even getting the time of day. So Millie asks to use the restroom and starts exploring the house instead. And she overhears Teresa on the phone and Teresa saying, I'm trying to keep things short, but I'm not sure how soon I can pry her away. She has this almost morbid curiosity, I suppose, and then she's later, she's like, what do you think? The same old obsession. And now is not the time for her to be distracted like this. And after Teresa, like, hangs up the phone and leaves the room, Millie looks at the caller ID, like, who called last? And it was Donald Camden, the lawyer. Chapter 14, Aubrey. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, Aubrey and Millie are at a dress shop for the gala. Here's another... F- bomb like could we have enough of these this episode holy majoli so they're dress shopping for the gala Aubrey mentions that the brunch ended abruptly when Mildred got a headache so that kind of like wraps that up so Millie seems distracted but pleasant at the dress fitting and Aubrey is awkward and uncomfortable in her own skin Her jerk of a hopefully ex-boyfriend told her to cover up her arms at their prom. She says she wore a long sleeve dress. He said to cover up her arms because they're bigger than his. Well, she's a swimmer and she's amazing and he can shut his insecure mouth. So anyways, (laughs) I digress. The dress shop lady is now telling her she has a wonderful upper body and she should be showing it off. So the dress shop owner is Una and it's revealed that she knew all the story kids being like the parents... Uh, Millie and Aubrey and stuff because her older sister used to run with them her older sister is Kayla and Kayla is dead (laughs) what so Una says that Kayla died when Una was in high school but we don't find out how yet but we do later so I'll explain that when we get there Una thinks that Kayla always knew she wouldn't be able to keep up with Anders in the story family in the real world, but she like would always be a townie. So she like mentions, or maybe Aubrey asks, but that Kayla passed away 24 years ago in 1997, which is the year after Allison's parts in the backflashes. And Aubrey thinks about the line from her father's book that says that's where it all started to go wrong. And she wants to ask Una what happened to Kayla and if it had to do with Cutter slash Cutty Beach, but she doesn't ask we find out later una finds aubrey a beautiful blue dress it's the first time aubrey tries to really look at herself instead of through the thoughts and opinions of her father and thomas her hopefully ex-boyfriend so you go aubrey chapter 15 jonah we're trucking right along this might be a short episode but it is jam-packed okay so the cousins are on their way to dr baxter's funeral when aubrey has them stop at the library She wants to use a microfilm machine, which like, I don't know if you guys know what this is. I've totally used one though. So you have like these little reels and you put them in this like kind of projector thing and you can look at old news articles and just kind of like flip through them. So anyways, she's trying to find old articles from Kayla's death. And before she finds what she's looking for, Jonah brings up that he thinks Dr. Baxter knocked into that table on purpose but couldn't remember what triggered it. And Millie's being testy this whole time because she's still upset that Mildred like ignored her. And Millie brings up the nasty rumor about the incest with her mother. And Aubrey's like, that's not what we're talking about. And Millie's like, yes, it is. And then Aubrey's like, no, I said, I'd more easily believe that they killed somebody Jonah's this is jonah's chapter so he's like oh like that's crazy he was like trying to deflect from that so then aubrey finds the headline she's looking for it's december 22nd 1997 local woman dies in tragic accident it was a car accident 21 year old kayla Douglas. no idea if i said that right drove her car into a tree a half mile from cuddy beach blood alcohol level was over the legal limit just barely and she was alone Dr. Baxter was the attending physician after the accident. Aubrey thinks this is all connected, especially the Cuddy Beach part, but Millie dismisses it all and is like, what are you trying to prove that our parents murdered some girl? And Aubrey's is like, I'm just trying to understand everything because this was like a couple months before Mildred disowned all of them for like seemingly no reason. So Millie retorts back, why don't you ask Mildred since you two get along so well? And then she storms out. So Aubrey's confused and hurt by this and Jonah basically lays it out to her that Millie's upset because Mildred ignored her and Aubrey feels bad because she always thought Millie was like the best of the grandkids and like didn't even notice that she was ignoring her and Jonah says to us like the reader that JT might be right that Mildred likes playing games. Jonah realizes that Mildred only wanted to know about Adam and Anders but he doesn't tell Aubrey that because he doesn't want to hurt her feelings because she thinks that her grandmother really likes her. So Aubrey prints out the newspaper article and they head to the funeral since they're running late and Millie's already seated there alone and Donald's their escort. And he says that Fred Baxter was one of his oldest and dearest friends, which just like triggers something in Jonah. He remembers when they got to the brunch, Teresa said, oh, Fred Baxter is one of your grandmother's oldest and dearest friends. It just kind of triggers like, oh, they're all connected. The four of them, Teresa, Dr. Baxter, Donald and the grandmother. So, Aubrey says to Donald, she's sorry he lost his friend, and he responds, he's at peace now, and in the end, that's all any of us can ask for, isn't it? I don't know. It's supposed to be like, I don't know. I don't know where that's supposed to be going, so we'll see. Allison, age 18, July 1996. So, Allison's getting ready for the gala, and she still hasn't taken the pregnancy test, and her period is weeks late. Her youngest brother, Archer, comes in with a bottle of alcohol he stole, and she's starting to feel like sick and she turns him down, but she's like really harsh when he offers it to her. And she feels bad because obviously it's not his fault. She's worried about being pregnant. Her maybe baby. Okay. The maybe baby thing, I think it's from a show, but when I, when me and my husband were trying to get pregnant before I got my positive test for my daughter, we were like the maybe baby. That's what we call it. Her, our maybe baby. Anyways, the only one who knows about the potential pregnancy is Anders so she goes to his room to talk like hoping he'll have sympathy but he's a butt so Allison tells Anders that she's scared and he's like I would be too if I was like adding to Matt's gene pool like uh, the story family intelligence will drop like a rock or something and Anders tells her to take the stupid test so she can know if there's a problem so she can deal with it and she snaps back at Anders is like you're no better because you just like keep falling back with Kayla who's like a townie and Allison tells him that Matt and Kayla only want each other and have been flirting and Anders says that that would be a mistake if they were doing that and tells her to get out of his room so she goes back to her room and takes a pregnancy test and the second line appears almost immediately it's supposed to take like five minutes she says it shows up like after a minute which that totally happened to me like bright blue second line. I picked up my cat Waffles, who's like 30 pounds, and I started dancing around the bathroom with him. But anyways, she does not have the same reaction. She starts throwing up because she's like, holy crap, I'm pregnant. And then she pulls herself together because morning stories, like she's mourning over her dad, stories have to be perfect on the night of the gala. So whatever. She pulls it together. She goes to the bottom of the stairs. She runs into Donald, who will be escorting Mildred, and she notes that he knows nothing about family and will always be a bachelor. So now, like right now in this moment, there was that rumor that Anders was like a love child. What if he's like Donald and Mildred's? I don't know how close in age they are, but like just throwing it out there. Okay. That could totally be a thing because he doesn't know anything about families. Maybe he does. Maybe he's someone's dad. So anyways, okay. So Donald's final words to... Allison is the story family never shines so bright as it does at the summer gala. Chapter 16, Millie. This is totally our last chapter. So get ready to scream because OMG, literally that's like one of the last lines. Okay. So <laughs> Millie and Aubrey are getting ready for the gala and Millie feels bad that Brittany, that waitress is doing Aubrey's makeup instead of her because Millie wants to like makeup and apologize for acting bitter towards Aubrey because it's not aubrey's fault that the grandma is being a butt and that millie's upset about the grandma so it kind of like parallels allison being mean to archer before the gala so on the car ride over which is only a minute and a half quite literally it's like five miles away aubrey starts crying but millie she like tries to apologize before they can really get into it and resolve things like the door opens but just like side note millie was drinking on the car ride over So they arrive and Donald escorts them and he informs them that Mildred wants to speak to each of them individually, starting with Aubrey. And Millie's like super jealous of that and grabs another drink. So then Millie runs into Hazel and starts talking about the doctor. Oh, I'm sorry for your loss. Whatever. And Hazel feels bad because she let him go outside on his own that morning and she said she shouldn't have, but he was having a good day. And she says he was meeting a friend, but no one's come forward and she would like to know what his last like hours were. So Millie thinks he must have been meeting Archer but can't be sure and they still haven't heard anything from Archer. So like who knows someone that murdered him. So (laughs) then Millie bumps into Jonah. He's handsome etc etc. She's about five drinks deep at this point. So then preppy boy Reed, comes up and she is a hot mess express, like giggling uncontrollably saying like rude thoughts that pop into her head and whatnot. So like Jonah drags her off and is like, Millie needs some air. Like I gotta go talk to my cousin. So he like weaves between the people and finds this golden curtain and then there's these double doors, whatever. And so it's like kind of private. And this is like the second time that Jonah's trying to tell Millie like why he's really there if we remember to make sure Anders never sees any of the story money before Jonah can tell Millie why he's really there Millie kisses him and we had all been waiting for it and Jonah says well at least I tried and kisses her back you did not try you let your hormones win anyways so it's like a pretty intense makeout session and then they hear oh my god Come from Donald Camden with Aubrey by his side. The curtain was pulled aside and every person behind Donald, so that's a good portion of the party, could see the quote-unquote kissing cousins, including their grandmother, Mildred. That's where we're stopping. I was gonna go an extra chapter, but that was like way too good not to end on. So, lingering questions slash theories. What's going on with Archer? Because I don't think... They, the kids haven't heard from him in like four days. And they try to go to his house. No one's there. They try calling him nothing. Whatever. But I don't think there's any way he left the island yet because like why bring him just to like he's got to show up last minute you know. And I said what is Donald and Teresa up to? And I kind of am like theorizing that they want Mildred's money so they're trying to get rid of the cousins slash their parents for the inheritance. And I my next question is, where is Matt present day and who is the child he had with Allison? If she kept the child or had the child or whatever. And I said, this child would be 24. So I don't really know. Can't like really think of any characters or that age that we know of. But it could be, I don't know. I'll to think about that. Could be, what's his name? the The director of whatever that took over. I cannot think of his name right now. My gosh, what is this guy's name? The guy that introduced them the very first time to their grandmother. I can't think of their name, I'm very sorry. So anyways, what really happened to Kayla because I doubt she was alone that night. Maybe Anders was with her and made it look like she crashed herself and maybe Adam helped cover it up because he's being a good older brother. Maybe Archer found out about it and that's why he's an alcoholic. And I said, or maybe Matt was responsible. And Teresa tried to blame Archer with the help of the lawyer, so they would get a cut of the will, and her son wouldn't be in trouble. Or maybe the lawyer was involved because Kayla was working in his office. So, like, clearly they were connected. They could have had a thing, I guess. And I'm just kind of saying, like, I feel close, but I'm not quite there yet. So, but like, also a working theory that I didn't write down because I just realized it while I was recording this. That like maybe the lawyer and Mildred had a baby. So one of the kids, probably Anders, because he doesn't look like anybody. He's kind of odd man out, they say. Maybe the lawyer Donald and Mildred, that's our love child. I don't know. But they're still like close. And maybe the doctor delivered the baby. I don't know. And Teresa would know about it too. So that like kind of makes the most sense. So this is all crazy, crazy. And I still have 100 pages for next episode. So get excited for that. So in closing, thank you for listening. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Jolly Reader Podcast. And like I said before, like I love messages. I love comments. I'll respond. Lots of fun. Subscribe so you get notifications for when new episodes are posted. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review because it helps other crewmates find this podcast. Even better, share with all your social media friends and feel free to tag me and reach out to me, please. If you like secondhand embarrassment, stay tuned for the outtakes and I will talk to you next week for part three of The Cousins and we'll finish it up and hopefully figure all this out. So until we sail again, this has been The Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. Hey, you made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. Testing. For once in my life, I'm disappointed to be recording in my office because we just got a new sectional, and I've been reading on the shiz part, and it's been amazing. So I wish I could just lay down there and record, but I guess I will record so we have good sound quality. Let's check it. She temporarily, temporarily moved. Anders comes back. Anders comes back and drinks. Oh, Anders comes back. Wow, this is going in the outtakes. Blah, 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 blah. And he says that, wow, my husband just sent me a video on Facebook and interrupted my whole thing because my volume's on. This better be a good video. Okay, where should I start? Oh, okay, so, by the way, the video my husband sent is totally my daughter doing karate. So like, I can't even be mad. She's sparring. She's hitting a huge kid with a stick. Oh, oh, she knocked out of his hands. What a beast. Okay, actually, she dropped her stick. Now that I look better, but she got some points. Like, what's up? Okay, so back to like the point here. Outtakes a plenty. Okay, <laughs> um, let's see here. So she doesn't know. Oh, I just said that. Okay, and um, so Allison has only seen Matt w- Matt once since. Ac- Hold on, my dog's barking. And the grandma once not the grandma Mildred or whatever the death of the doctor death of the doctor but before Joni Joni <laughs> if you're on Apple podcast please review I am Allie and you are with me to my mom